Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. Hey, what's going on? Coach Luca back here with the Vigor Life Podcast. And, uh, you know, I wanted, I wanted, one, I wanted to make sure we keep this rolling uh, because I, I love doing this, you know, when, when life gets crazy and businesses get crazy, sometimes uh, the resistance kicks in as Stephen Pressfield would say. But what I wanted to talk to you uh, about today, look, it's the new year. I didn't want to do a, a, a completely like New Year's resolution, let's let's go type of thing. But, you know, I, there's many days where um, I'm like uh, talking to the team or talking to, to somebody and I'm just like, oh man, I just wish I could record this because I'm feeling it and I'm just I'm, I'm just going in because I, I do feel like the, this podcast is somewhat an extension of my coaching and, and that's what I um, wanted to do, you know, like sharing either coaching strategies or, you know, what are some of the things that I'm doing or um, whether it's team leadership, whether it's coaching directly, fitness and nutrition, whether it's business, right? Just the things that I do in real life. Um, and, and so that's what I like to extend here. So um, I said to Gene, you know, I'm, I'm feeling kind of spicy today, so let's go. <laughs> and with that said, I, I wanted to kind of, uh, you know, look at two different things, right? One, um, success and then happiness. Because what, you know, everybody like, you know, the new year happens and it's like when I talk to people on the side of business, it's, um, you know, everybody wants to have their, you know, at least in, in, the, in a format where I train, it's like everybody wants to blow their gym up and get more members and make more money and have more freedom. And, you know, all these different things that obviously uh, people would put into that success bucket, right? This is a success bucket. Um, and on, on the other side of things, you know, you talk to people and it's like they, you know, they want to uh, they want to lose weight and feel better and move better, uh, be more confident, all these different things, which also is a success bucket. But at the end, uh, if you ask every, you know, the person like, well, why, why do you want to do that? Honestly, if you asked everybody kind of what, you know, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to make more money? Why do you want to be more successful? You know, why do you want to have more significance and more impact and, uh, and so on and so forth? Most people would say, well, because I want to be happier, right? If I kept asking you like, why, 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 why? So example, right? Well, uh, why you want to lose weight? Well, because I want to fit in these clothes. Okay, why do you want to do that? Well, because like I, I want to go back to my you know my my college days or whatever. And why is that? Well, because I want to be more confident. Why? Because I just got in a relationship and I really want to feel. I want to get back in a relationship that matters and so on. like we'd keep going and somewhere at the end would be like well because I want to be happy. And so you know it once you look at that. So think about how we're taught. You know what? Think about what we're taught. Uh, just in life and, you know, parents, uh, society, uh, you know, you're born and then obviously as, as you're a kid and we'll, we'll touch on this in a little bit, but you go, uh, you know, you're supposed to do school, right? You're supposed to do school for 12 years, 16 years, whatever it may be, right? If you go to college, associates, you know, you try to do a master's, it's even more a doctorate, whatever it is, right? And from there, you're supposed to get a job where you're supposed to do, you know, I, I know we're now more in a world of uh, you know, entrepreneurism is, is not, you know, what it used to be. It's like, it's, it's out in the forefront. A lot more people want to be entrepreneurs and whatnot, but then, you know, you're supposed to work because you want to be successful. And, you know, that's very kind of, uh, a gray area. What, what does success mean? It means different things to different people. But I think there's kind of like this image for most of what success is. Right. And then when you're successful, then you'll be happy. Right. That's, that's still kind of what most people think they have this kind of path. And, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd have you consider that like there's there's different there's two parallels, right? There's success and fulfillment and like impact, like what you do with work. And then and then there's another parallel of just happiness um, that has a lot of times nothing to do with that. And like so, you know, think of it this way. You know, when I said like these are the things that are taught to us, right? These are the thing that and depending where you come from or, you know, where you were raised and how you brought up. You have uh, this foundation of what somebody creates like this, uh, I will say, this belief system of, of what it means to, you know, have success in life. Right. But I would have you consider that that is like just a downloaded belief system. It's almost like apps. Right. Like I, I love this analogy of when you're born, uh, you know, your default is is happy. Now, given like given you got food, shelter, you know, love those basic things. Right those basic needs, you're happy. It's like getting a phone, right? Your new, this is not a new iPhone, by the way, which I need a new one, but you get, you get this phone in the box and it's like, you know, it's got the basic apps and it's, it's like, it runs super fast. It's not cluttered. It's not, 
uh, you know, everything is smooth. You're like, you know, like, you know, when you got a new phone and if it didn't have a glitch, right? But it's like, you got the new phone. And it was like, oh my goodness, like everything works perfect, right? We're, we're kind of like that at birth. Um, whereas like the default, your default is happiness, right? And over time, you start downloading these apps, and just like your phone, like you download a ton of apps, right? You go from having the basics to downloading another hundred, right? All types of apps, right? And over time, what ends up happening? Your phone starts shutting down, malfunctioning, going slower. Uh, you know, you start getting pissed off and angry and, you know, mad at the phone and all this other stuff. But it's like when we download these apps in life from, you know, from our parents, from society, from, you know, Instagram, like telling us like, you know, what we're supposed to be like to, to, to them be happy and the comparisons and all this other stuff, Right it clutters, like it just clutters us up um, as far as our happiness goes, right? And, you know, think about that, right? Think about, because one, we could have a conversation, I've mentioned this before, as far as, you know, what, you know, what apps are you downloading, right? As far as, I, I know I don't like the analogy of, a comp- you know, the brain and a computer or whatnot, but, you know, hardware and software and stuff like belief systems and apps. Right. Um, but I'll touch on that in, in a second. Right. Like when you have a belief system, you you attach certain apps to it, meaning like you're going to go like, oh, well, because I believe that, like I'm going to attach these different uh, tactics and strategies to what my belief system is. Right. And that, that's why this is so important as far as going towards, uh, you know, the realization of the fact that, look, if you, you know, if you're having a conversation and just like, or, or in nature, doing something that's completely like carefree, even though you had a crazy stressed out day, even though you got a ton of stuff to do, right? In that place, you're completely happy, right? There's nothing else. But we've downloaded all these different apps that create, I would say, um, the, the, the framework for us to be stressed out, which, which look, there's, there's a lot of different things. You know, because as as you go into the new year, like the reason why this is important is because like I think I think both things are important. Right. When you're trying to be, you know, working to be successful and have an impact and, you know, find your purpose and do these different things like that's cool. Like that's 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 good. But it you can be happy in a parallel. Right. But you could also be, you know, super successful, whatever, as far as like, oh, I make a ton of money and be completely miserable. Right. And all the happiness studies show that basically up until about, you know, that money matters, meaning that like, you know, how much money you make uh, that influences happiness. But it's about to like where it starts to really drop off is about seventy thousand dollars a year. Right. Uh, Meaning like, hey, if you're broke, you're going to have a lot of, you know, stress around paying the bills and, you know, being able to do basic stuff that like, you know, helps you enjoy life more. Right. But, you know, once you get to about seventy thousand, you can you're still happier as you make more but it drops like how much more, right? And and then at about like 150K a year, it really kind of becomes really small and incremental. So what that means is obviously that, uh, you know, all these different things like your economic status, like, yeah, absolutely do matter and it matter a lot. But, you know, you should know, you know, by now you've heard enough stories of millionaires and, and uh, you know, and billionaires that are completely miserable, right? Because at a certain point in time, it's also been shown that like once you get a certain amount of money, you can become narcissistic and egotistical and kind of self-centered and so on and so forth. And the people that have had the most success that are wealthy is, are the ones that have reshifted, you know, their, their uh, I would say their, their work towards impact, right? Towards purpose. Uh, and then they become much happier again, right? But once again, they're parallels, right? Because when you look at, when you look at life as far as, uh, you know, I would say happiness goes, right? Your day could be like all types of different stuff. Perfect example, wake up in the morning, check your email. Craziness, 100 emails in your inbox, right? You look at all the stuff you got to do. You see some bills that you haven't paid yet. You see some projects that you got to finish that you didn't think you have to finish. And all of a sudden in your head, you're worrying about it and you're losing your mind, right? But then you could go, you know, it's like you're working your ass off, and I don't know, you go for a lunchtime basketball game, and then you start playing. And in that game, it's just like, man, you're smiling, shooting hoops, doing great, sweating, 
you know, do, having some social time with your friends, then that block of time is completely carefree, right? So notice that, like notice how like there's this roller coaster of like, and then you could come back and boom, the realization happens like, oh shit, I got to get a project done by tonight. I still got to do this. I still got to do that. Uh, oh my goodness, like last week, X, Y, Z happened. So you're thinking about this story in your head, right? So it's so like such a roller coaster, right? So, uh, and if, if you think about this, like how, you know, imagine yourself free of any worry, care, problem, or pain. Like, how do you feel? Do you feel worried? Do you feel angry? Do you feel self-conscious? Do you feel happy? Right? It, it's, it's crazy because those two are like live in parallels. And one of the things that I would have you consider is like, you know, the big secret. I think you've heard it by now, but it's like, if you are happier, you work better. Right. And it's just brain science. Right. It's brain science because you're not in your, you know, reptilian brain or in your in your emotional limbic system. Right. Like you're able to think better, like you're able to see things better. So uh, and, and this is like a national kind of statistic that, you know, that the people that are happier are 12 percent more productive. Now, um, that number actually can go up even higher. You know, that's kind of like the average. But, you know, if you think about a billion dollar company, what's, you know, 12% productivity can be life or death. I mean, I, I would say a lot of businesses, 12% productivity can be life or death. Um, and, you know, that's very, very important. So one of my things that I wanted to talk to you about is like, you know, how do you get uh, uh, like happier, right? And, and remember, like uh, happiness is, is if, we, if we talked about happiness being your default setting, um, really like, what we want to do is like take unhappiness out of it, right? It's not about adding. It's about, it's a lot of times about subtracting how we talked about, you know, adding all these apps that like that mess up our, or or kind of our, you know, the machine, the hardware and software. Well, we got to get rid of some of that shit so that basically you can get back to baseline and also do better work and also be more successful. Right. And so one of the things I talk about, like optimizing your life, I think I may have talked about this before, but let's, you know, let's, let, let's go over this, right? Uh, and we'll go over a few like universal truths and some important misconceptions. Um, th- though what a- often happens is that we don't take this very basic step of asking ourselves is, is what makes us happy. Uh, and, and, and it's important to note that what I'm, I'm not talking about things like money or success or fame. What I, what I mean is what actually makes you happy. As in when you're doing this activity, you're happy or better. Like when you are with this person, you're happy. Uh, so why not be aware of these like markers and then optimize your life around them? Because we just talked about like if you can optimize your life around them, then, um, you know, guess what? You'll do better work. But also like on a daily basis, your life will be better, which is shit, which is what we all want. And so know that once, first of all, like you'll never please everybody, right? Find those who like the real you and invite them closer and remember that all others don't matter like this is kind of like just a a, a quick snapshot in time like you notice me uh you know traveling a lot going to different places but like what i'm doing is like man i'm i want I, I surround myself with the people that i really like that that uplift me that challenge me that make me better that i'm happier around and you know and i invest in that i invest in those relationships but let's let you know let's do this and i i honestly would be uh uh, it, it would be good as like when you're listening to this to do this drill. So after I ask you to do this drill, man, pause the podcast, do this damn drill, do the damn drill. I said, do the damn drill. Um, so, you know, write like maybe a list of 10 things on the left and the 10 things on the right. And on the left, you're going to say, I'm happy when, right? I'm happy when. So essentially you're going to write the activities down. This could be anything like this could be anything. Um, you know, most of the time you realize that it's stuff that like has nothing to do with money or investment or anything like you don't you don't need to be wealthy to do it. But write it down, you know, pause this, uh, you know, spend two minutes, pause it, write down. I am happy when dot dot dot. And underneath, write one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Right. Ten things. All right. So I hope that you came back now. Um Right side, I'm happy when I am with, and same thing, dot, 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 maybe write out, you know, one, two, three, four, five, maybe one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, I mean, maybe there's I mean, 10 people you love being around, but like write those down. Now, my question is, I'm pausing because. Once it's a dramatic pause. Two, I'm letting you do. I'm letting you do the work. <laughs> Hopefully, you paused the podcast too and did the work. But you know, note note something, right? How much of this stuff are you doing? 
How much of this stuff are you doing? And, you know, if, if you were to plan and prepare for your life to be as successful as possible and also be as happy, because remember we said they're parallels, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're not the same thing. One doesn't necessarily mean the other. And, uh, or should I say, you know, happiness will drive you to be more successful, but success doesn't necessarily drive happiness. So, you know, are you like now when you wrote down the, the, the activities that you love doing, you know, that, that are not associated with like, oh, if I have this car or if I go that, right? Like basic things that like you really make you happy and the people that make you happy, uh, you know, pay attention to these activities and, and, and people and like ignore the rest. But I would I would have I would ask you, like, how much of that are you actually doing? Seriously, like this, when I did this drill the first time, it was like I was blown away by the fact that I was doing so little of the things that that, um, you know, that that made me happy and started going like, well, how can I start plugging this in throughout my day and throughout my week and throughout my month? You know, because certain activities could be a lot more frequent. Um, and if certain, you know, certain maybe not as tr- frequent, like, for instance, travel, right, things like that. But um Nonetheless, like I was like, man, I'm not even planning for my my days to be better, knowing like what are the things that make me the happiest. And if I plug them in, like, for instance, if I'm like, man, I love going to the park for a walk, you know, what I mean, listen to podcasts, sitting there on a bench, like reading a book. But if I start doing that three, four times a week, I like this, the work that I do afterwards, the people that I meet with afterwards, I'm nicer to them. I have better conversations. I get better work done in the next two hours. You know, same thing with workouts. You know, if, if you're listening to this and you're, you, you know, and you're super busy running a business and you're stressed out and you're not training or like I love doing mobility drills, you know, just putting on some uh, Yoshida Brothers, you know, some like, nin, you know, samurai type music and, and spending 20, 30 minutes doing mobility. And like afterwards, I'm just like, man, sometimes it's where my best ideas pop up. Like, yeah, like last night, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm training late at night. I got, you know, I'm, I'm playing music that fires me up. Like in between one of my sets, I have this idea and I'm just like, oh, shit. And, you know, I text Jay Ferruja and I'm like, yo, this is what we got to do. And it's like this long ass text. And I had this idea and I think it was a great idea because, you know, that's the only type I have, damn it. But the point is, is like those things happen, you know, afterwards. It's like in this what, you know, what some people call the incubation period, right? Like you get all this information and all this data in and then you create scenarios where like you let your brain rest and you're happy and you're not, you know, you're disconnected. And that's when. A lot of times that incubation period, you, you know, your brain comes up with the best stuff. But like, are you are you creating that in your life, man? And there's there's, uh, you know, my, my brother loves to like find new coffee shops and stuff and just go there and have coffee and like read. And it's just super basic things that make him happy that, you know, that I started doing more of like finding new spots for brunch, finding new spots to to work at, you know, and, and there are these basic things. But like I said, spend time writing them down and, and figuring out whether, uh, you know, whether you're actually doing that and optimizing your life for that. That's, you know, because it's like when you think about it, it's so crazy. So as we go into the new year, like, you know, I don't want to go like, here's all these strategies and stuff. I'll finish off on on, on what I think about some strategies for success and whatnot. But, you know, if, if, a, if a foundation, if our default is happiness, then why don't we like, you know, declutter kind of like the unhappiness in our life so we can be as happy as possible because it's going to make us more productive. It's going to make us, you know, treat others better. It's going to make make us have better experiences throughout the day. And like that just makes all the sense in the world. Um, you know, so with that, like we did this drill. One of the things is like uh, when I read this book, Soul for Happy, which is a great book from Mo uh, Gaudat, who works for Google. But he describes the happiness equation. So and, and what's so dope is that, you know, happiness is like think about this. And, and I love this. Right. Because he's an engineer. And it's like I, I like to look at certain things through the engineering like glasses versus like through some, you know, foo-foo-ish kind of uh, ideals, you know, that sometimes you can't really uh, grasp, right? But like happiness is when your expectations for what life should be matches or exceeds how it actually is, right? And, and on the contrary, think about this, on the contrary, like unhappiness is when reality falls short of what your expectations for life are or should be. And like that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, right? Because even if like, this is crazy, right? But like, if you were shooting to, I don't know, you make, you know, you're, you're not in a great place to make 20 grand a year, you work your ass off and you're like, okay, next year I'm going to make a hundred grand, but you make like 50. Like most people will be unhappy, right? They're like, oh man, like I made, man, I only made 50K, right? I only made 50 grand. Like that's crazy, right? And, but they doubled more than doubled what they were making. 
right? But it's not matching your expectation for life. It's not matching or exceeding your expectation for life, right? So think of it this way. If everything is generally easy in your life, uh, a rude taxi driver may take you into a tailspin because your expectation is that the taxi ride will be easy and pleasant, right? So think about that, right? How, How would you feel about that? But though, though, right, if you're in a starve, like if you're starving in a desert and a rude taxi driver picks you up, I bet you'd be pretty happy. So think about that, right? Contrast. But 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 the, but that's but that's real though. Like it's it, be, it becomes because of our expectations. It's because your expectation for the tax ride to you know to be pleasant. Your expectation was that you were going to die alone in the desert. So see how the perspective changes the same event. So you can see like how you know when it comes to applications in life. I got a question for you, right? So. If you get expect, you know, if you expect to get a get an A on a test and you get a B, are you happy or sad? Why? You know, for real, like ask yourself that question. You know, and what is you know what is a situation in life where you objectively succeeded, though you were still unhappy because your level of success did not match or exceed your expectations, right? And um, you know, with that said, I will say this is where you know what is one of the strategies is like you know, counting your wins, looking back, you know, I think this is very, very important. Um, one, I would say shifting your, your, your mindset to like, am I getting better? Right. Um, and I mean, it's almost impossible not to set huge goals, but rather than, you know, this is one of those things where you look at time frames, right? We always overestimate what we can do in a short term, but we underestimate what we can do in the long term. So, you know, our goals are horizons anyways, right? Because we get there, we set a new one. So I think it's so important, you know, also for like happiness, right? And expectations to like, you know, you bust your ass, you put your best effort forward, you work on getting better every single day, you know, you, you fuck up, like you make mistakes, you fail forward. But you look at your wins, like you're able to go like, man, you know, I, I like, yeah, maybe I, I, haven't, I haven't got to that place yet, right? I said this before, like my, you know, my, my dream is my reality that I just haven't achieved yet. Like that's how I, that's how, what I say to myself every day and that's how I think. But you go like, okay, where was I and where am I, where am I right now? Like here was my win. I got better. Write out your wins, like write out your wins for the day. That's why, you know, um, like focus planner, different journals and stuff like that, that remind you like, what was your wins for the day? What were your three wins? And I thought about that, you know, before, um, how important that is, but it's like, are you doing that? Right. Are you shining a light on your wins? And also, like, are you, you know, not having these rigid expectations that like mess up your reality? Now, look, reality is also a teacher, meaning like if you fucking up, if you're not doing as good, like, man, you need to change something. Right. Like, so no, notice that like there's this this uh, this balance between. Right. It's like, hey, if you want to be successful, man, like if if you want to get better, reality sometimes will tell you like, hey, you got to work harder. You got to put in more effort. You got to study more. You got to hire somebody. You got to, you know, you got to make a change. But it's, but it's like if you're constantly setting this massive expectations for yourself, that's great. But at the same time, like if it if it always makes you unhappy because your life is not matching or exceeding that, guess what? Like it it's you know it's like success without fulfillment is failure, right? Like Tony Robbins says that. And so it's important to um, it's it's important to to pay attention to that and then and put structures in your life that allow you to, you know, obviously shine a light on when you're winning versus always comparing to something that is a moving target. Like I said, like we talk about, you know, success and goals like the horizon. We keep chasing the horizon, never looking back at all the stuff we've achieved. Guess what? We're going to be unhappy quite a bit because our happiness is, you know, our, our, our life is not going to match our expectations or exceed them, Right. So think about that concept. It's very important, very important perspective. And then there's another big idea, you know, and like thoughts versus reality, right? Thoughts permeate. So this concept is absolutely undeniable, right? The difference between an an event and it lingering in our brains for days, weeks, months, years, or even decades. I mean, shit, like how many people have you met that, you know, can't let go of something for years or even decades, right? It's the difference between watching a bad movie one time and forcing yourself to watch that movie over and over again every day for the next year. Like that, but that's, you know, that actually, uh, Jesse Alder was the first person that kind of, uh, made me think about that, right? Uh, uh, that, that, um, you know, the difference between pain and suffering and, you know, an event is something that like, that, that happens, right? I mean, even something as like, I'll use an emotional event, like somebody hurts you, right? 
it happened at that point in time. And of course, like we're human, so we we, we feel that, we, we think about that. But the longer that we linger and, and kind of keep repeating that in our minds, there's two things that happen. One, we're repeating this event that's past us, right? Two, we're ingraining this habit loop that makes us repeat this event. It's like it's almost, you know, you repeat the event, then you, you do something to, to get away from it. Maybe something, and it's, you know, escapism, drinking, drugs, whatever it may be, right? Like uh, social media, like whatever, right? And, and then that loop re- repeats itself. So you have to know that, like, you know, your thoughts are not your reality, okay? So uh, let's, let's imagine, I, I love, you know, always from John Berardi, always got these, I love the thought experiment, right? Let's do a thought experiment, right? Because I love the word experiment. But let, let's imagine this thought experiment, right? Think of a terrible event in your past, like really dive into it for about a minute. How does that make you feel? Like write it down, right? Think like for me, okay, I'll, like one of the, you know, I've been through a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff in my life. But, uh, you know, one thing that I could say is like, man, this, this, uh, you know, the, the part of my life when I got divorced was just like all these like, to me, like emotionally draining, crushing things that were happening, right? If I sit here and I think about that for a minute and start writing it down, I mean, I will like, I could start, you know, reliving some of those moments. And, and, and to be honest, like for years afterwards, I actually was like, I, I was feeling shame and guilt, you know, for a long time for, for this, you know, event that happened. And of course, like grief, you know, grief for different things is normal. Um, but like, man, when we let things linger for a longer period of time, like it just becomes suffering. And OK, so so we got that down. Right. But now let's imagine an incredible event in your life. Like so one that you look back upon with pride and importance, you know, how does that make you feel? Write it down. Um, so that could be like, you know, uh, when you had your, your kid, you know, when you had when you got married, when I don't know, like, you know, when we had a grand opening of Vigor Ground, like. Right. So, um, you know, think about those. Think about how they make you feel. And, and you could write this down just because it's like, you know, gives you contrast and it gives you some reality of, of how like a thought like that's in, in, in basically at the same point in time can make you feel completely differently. It can make you feel pride and happiness and all these different things, right? So, so now, okay, in your immediate life, what was the difference, right? Think about this. What was the difference in your immediate life right here, right now, sitting there, right? Did it change anything? Did your bank account grow or, or decline? Did your relationships change in the past few moments? Anything traumatic or wonderful occurred? No, like, no, they didn't, right? This is because your happiness or unhap- unhappiness has very little to do with, with reality and almost everything to do with your thoughts about reality, right? And hey, you might kind of, you might quote unquote know this, you might have heard of this before, but the reality is, is like, how much of that do you really work on, right? How much do you, you know, work on controlling your thoughts, you know, because controlling your thoughts controls your happiness. And really, it's not about like, we can't control the thoughts that come into our mind, but we can control what we give power to, what we give focus to. And hey, here's, man, here, here's like one of the, uh, and I can't, I can't remember where I heard this, and maybe it was from, uh, from Mogaldot, I'm not sure, but it was about that, like, you know, your thoughts come from fucking like everywhere, right? It's like your environment, your brain, your, your past experiences, your things that your parents told you. When you watch news and social, you know, social structures, like your teachers, you know, what your friend tells you, what the hot, what hot girl told you that, like, uh, you know, that, that shot you down, right? Like all of these things, right, like are, are in this kind of like mind space and they're just coming at you, right? And you've had thoughts before, like, man, I, at least one, you know, one time a day, I have a thought of like, all right, I'm going to kick this dude in the chest because he's pissing me off. But I don't do it, right? Because when that thought comes in, I'm like, man, that's, no, that's not true. That's not real, you know, although sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, right? But but the fact is like, I'm like, I'm, I don't give power to that thought. I'm like, man, I'm not going to do that, right? Um, and you call that veto power. Like veto power is like when you're like, nah, like that, I'm not giving thought to that power. Uh, I'm sorry, some power to that thought, right? And, and like, uh, you know, the, the one uh, kind of uh, uh, like great tip that I talk to, you know, took away from that is like, you can choose, like you can tell your brain, nah, I don't like that thought, man, bring me another one. I don't like that thought, bring me another one, right? So it's like, for instance, uh, I don't know, I might, I might get a thought and be like, man, just like this, this person's like acting like a fool, like hurt them, right? Be, 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 a, uh, you know, verbally try to uh, abuse them or whatever, right? Like, I'm like, nah, man, I don't, I don't like that thought. That's not empowering. Or like, you know, a, a, when a thought comes in, it's just like, man, you're tired. You know what? Just go on a bench and just go drinking on a drinking bench, right? It's, it's like, you could, you could say, okay, cool. I'll, I'll believe that thought and then I'll do that. 
But like you could literally like go, it's like like going to a computer and going like, I don't like that thought. Can you bring me another one, please? Right? And your brain will bring you another thought until you go like, I like that one. That's empowering. That's that that thought's empowering. That thought is making me feel more confident, stronger. It's making me take action on my goals. It's, it's making me treat this person nicer. Think about the virtues. Like, think about who you want to become, right? Uh, I talked about this in a video before where I say, hey, look, you know, most people have a thought, right? That thought triggers a, a feeling, and that feeling creates an action, right? But what if, you know, what if you, uh, and, and then, then that action creates an identity, right? Because the actions that you take create your identity. Why, why wouldn't you, as the thought comes in, into your mind, say, hey, what identity do I want to have? Like, I want to be confident. I want to be a leader. I want to be healthy. I want to move well. I want to be lean. I want to be giving. I want to, you know, be empathetic and compassionate, right? So if that's the identity that you want to have, and the thought comes in, and then first you check, you filter it through the identity you want to have. And if it doesn't match it, you go like, you know what? Give me the next thought. Don't like this one. Until it matches, you go like, all right, cool. I like that thought. That matches the identity I want to have. Boom. Then that, then you take the action. Then it gives gives you the feeling that you want. You see, like different. It's just a different perspective. Like our perspectives like control so much of what we do. So, you know, it this is the you know the big idea of suffering versus pain. I mentioned it, right? Uh like pain, like, okay, let's look at it this way. Pain is a prick. Uh, a scrape of a knee, a sudden death of a family member, a bad breakup. You know, we've, we've all had that happen. I mean, we've all been through traumatic stuff in our life, right? So no matter how severe it may seem, it happens, it occurs, and then it stops. Right? It's important to remember that it stops. There's an end. It, it's actually quite useful, right? Because it, tri- like it triggers necessary biological responses in order to help you, your body fight intruders, heal wounds, deal with stressors, no matter what they are, right? So it, like pain is important because pain helps us. It's helped us survive. It's just that in this world now, right? I mean, you know, we have all this emotional pain, all these triggers and so on. Like, but suffering, on the other hand, is a self-imposed prison of self-generated pain, right? It has no useful pur- purpose. It offers no benefit. Like, so that, that's what's really important, right? When you think about it and you go, well, I want to get it. Like, pain can be beneficial, right? Like, hot stove. Oh, shit. Like, don't put my hand there. You know what I mean? Like, or... Bad form, ooh, that doesn't feel right. Yep, okay, right? That's useful. Those are useful things. But at what point in time, it's like, does it become completely unuseful, right? Beating yourself up, right? How is it useful? Not good, right? Like, it, 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 so like imagine like, I'll give you an example. Imagine if you need a root canal and a de- the dentist offers you either option A, right? The standard procedure with a few days of recovery, Okay, sounds pretty pretty normal. Okay, option B, a root canal with additional bonus days of extensive excruciating pain. And it's just, man, like who's gonna take option B? Like nobody's taking option B, right? But you know, so why should you choose B? This is what suffering is. It's useless and it's avoidable, right? So and we just we just have to like once again like start like the awareness, becoming an observer, and asking ourselves that. Like so, you know, we view memories of, of uh, as archives of past events of what has actually happened but in reality memories are nothing more than descriptions of what we think happened right because it's not it's not always reality it's a memory right of a description of what we think happened so question because i want like i said man when i when i do this i really i really want to essentially coach right or give you tools to coach yourself or coach others so here's a question for you what's a past event in your life that you haven't let go Right, that you haven't let go and has caused you continuous suffering. And I mentioned this before, right? Like one of those for me was, you know, like uh, like I said, my divorce is like where I beat myself up for a lot, like years, like years. I didn't let it go. Then I thought, you know, part of it was just like the guilt and shame was like, oh man, like it was subconscious, but it was like beating myself up because I was like ashamed of the things that I've done, right? And I didn't let it go. And the suffering just kept going and going and going. I mean, like, and like I said, until I, until I was like, I'm done with that. And I, and I sought out hope, right? So, you know, another question is, does ruminating on this past pain have any benefit on your life? Does it do anything beneficial? Does it do anything great for you? Does it do anything great for your family, for your business, for your happiness, for your health, uh, for your finances? You know, does it do anything positive? Does it, does it lead you into that direction? So if you could, would you choose to not suffer in this way? Right. 
And the answer for most is, oh, of course I would. But so like you just feel like you can't stop it. Right. And that's where you got to know happiness is a choice. But first, you must change the way you think. Right. And there's uh, this big idea. And like I said, this is from uh, the uh, the book and it's and, and it talks about different states. Right. State. And we have states of joy which is rising above the clutter of thought. We just talked about that, right? So choosing conscious happiness. And we always, you know, talk about like, you know, we want to get ourselves in a place of, you know, uh, conscious happiness, like where, you know, consciously focusing on things that make our lives better, move us forward, uh, make us happy being around those people, right? Then we have states of happiness, positive thoughts. Like, so when your expectations meet or exceed reality, okay? Then you have states of escape. These are suspended thoughts, so it's when you distract yourself with fun activities, which, look, that can be good temporarily, right? Like distract yourself. Shitty stuff is happening. You know, you distract yourself with fun activities. But like, remember that, that sometimes that, that, that escapism becomes an addiction, right? So fun activities could be partying. Nothing wrong with that, right? But if you're escaping your reality and you don't want to deal with reality and you constantly have to party to, be, to escape to have fun and then becomes a habit, right? Not so great. So I want you to look at that. Like you, you know, do you leave, do you live in states of escape, right? You know, like you hate what you do. You hate the people around, like, but then you can't wait for the weekend or you can't wait to, for the vacation. But then majority of your life is actually just, you know, waiting to escape. So that's something that you have to address. And that's why I'm bringing this stuff up. Like, you know, our 24 seven, like what states are you living in? Like, what's your foundation, right? How do we get you back to, uh, to the default, you know, to the default of happiness, then there's a state of suffering, which we talked about, negative thoughts, right? When your expectations do not meet reality, right? And then there's a state of confusion, and that's like falling below clarity of thought. So when you're affected by illusions. Um, and we most of the time actually, you know, attribute happiness to the state of escape, like so, which is when you go out drinking with friends, buy new toys. Uh, that's a big one, right? If I buy stuff like that'll make me happy, I'm attached to these things. Uh, exercise, which, hey, look, I'm a big fan of. Right. And I think it has tons of different benefits, but it can be like I know for me that that whole phase after divorce, like I trained even more. Right. It was like and it was escapism, like it, it, it started going doing too much of it, um, you know, and even accomplishing goals like escapism can be like, you know, your default's not happiness. And you're just trying to like hit the goal, hit the goal, hit the goal, hit the goal, hit the goal. Right. Like you're trying to constantly, you know, meet that expectation and like goal chasing becomes uh, becomes your life. Now, like once again, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Our brain is always trying to create the new goal, but there is a difference between like just trying to escape and like hustle, 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 right? Because you're so scared of that default, right? Because in the default, like you're always thinking about something that's that's making you suffer. You know, some of us are in a state of confusion where we're, we're so distracted by our illusions of pain and suffering that we're unable to even see what expectations meet reality. And I say a lot of, you know, a lot of people are lying in that place. And I know in some areas of my life, I'm probably there, right? This will be a state of depression, victimhood, negativity. Like we talked about this before and like how that, like, man, that framework and the, those glasses will always put you in that state. So in order to get from this state to the next level, we got to eliminate the six grand illusions. So I'm going to talk about those because this is like very, very important, right? Um, then once we're back to a state of expectations for reality, we can eliminate the seven blind, spot, blind spots in order to reach a state of uh, perpetual joy. So, uh, no, so no, note this, right? Note that like we want to go back to something I covered earlier, which is like what makes me happy list, right? Who and what makes me happy list uh, when applying the state of escape to your life, right? So think about this, right? Once the thought goes, the suffering disappears, like when a rude person offends you, he can't really make you unhappy unless you turn that event into a thought, then allow it to linger in your brain and allow it to distress you, right? It's the thought, not the actual event that's making you unhappy. Something to think about, right? Because you do have this power to like, you know, a lot of us just tend to, to hold on to stuff and make our lives a lot harder than it could be. Um, and so, okay, I, ho I hope there's a lot of, you know, clarity coming around this and maybe some reflection on, on certain things. Um, but Let's go to this. This is one of the, the things that I, that I, that I um, learned in the book that I, that I love. And, you know, what makes us confused and what makes us unhappy uh, and the six grand illusions, right? But first of all, in order for us to reach a state of joy, which is ultimately 
uh, will ultimately allow us not to be more creative, fulfilled, successful, and productive, we must first be aware of our proper places in the universe, essentially, right? And this is not like a spiritual exercise at all. It's like, this is, this is logical. This is, you know, philosophical. It's, uh, it's, I don't know, it's, it's metaphysical, right? Who are we really? Like, you know, what is our place in the world, right? So understanding the answers to these questions or more importantly, acknowledging what is not under our control and what is will lead us to a, a, a better place, a, a place of more joy, more happiness and more efficiency, right? So, so remember, first of all, that like what keeps us alive and propels us forward are our actions, not our fears, right? Fear, if anything, paralyzes us. It, it blurs our judgment, blocks us from making the best possible decisions and, Fear of failure. I just put a post up, you know, on IG yesterday talking about this, right? But fear of failure doesn't drive our best performance. All it does is add anxiety. And like what truly drives us to success is our hard work. And you don't need to be afraid to work hard, right? And uh, I'll I'll get to this because there's a point, like one of the six grand illusions. And and remember, like we have all these illusions and these illusions like literally are part of the, the apps that are messing up our default of happiness, right? Right. One we just talked about is like the illusion of thought, like you're not your thoughts inside of your head. Right. So we kind of covered this part. Right. Then once you start understanding, like uh, a great book was like, you're not your brain. Right. Now, basically, the thoughts that come in your head, that's that's not who you are. Those are just things that come and go, period. Right. It's it's you are the actions like you are the power of the thoughts that you give to and the actions that are followed by those thoughts. Right. Very, very important to understand that difference. Okay. Um, then there's the illusion of self, right? So this is also another really, really important part, right? You're not your emotions, beliefs. You're not your name, your tribe, your family, or your achievements, right? You're the observer. You're the one who sees and experiences all these things. And, you know, this is the whole part of identity. Like for me, uh, you know, after pro sports, it's like, man, who am I? I'm an, I'm an athlete, right? Like, you know, or, or now it's like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a it's healthy guy. I'm a leader and I'm this and I'm that. And I'm a, right? Like, we put all these labels on ourselves, which become the illusion of self. And those things can actually make us unhappy a lot of times because you go like, well, if I'm not that, who am I? Right. Um, another big one is the illusion of knowledge. Right. And I mean, I'm more so than ever. You know, I've, I, I, I study more than I probably ever have. I, I know more than I've ever known, but I feel like as as dumb as I've ever felt. Right. But it. That, you know, the real knowledge is to know the extent of one's ignorance, right? We really never know anything for sure. And, you know, the funny thing about it is that like, uh, I don't know, like on, on Facebook the other day, I saw this, this funny video that was like over the course of, I don't know, like, like the last 20 years, this, it was this like funny video about the guy going back in time telling this person in the kitchen, like, no, like don't eat that, you know, like eggs, saturated fat, this will, you know, super unhealthy, you'll die, whatever, right? comes back and 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 is like you know uh saying like no like you know be careful don't you know you got to eat the fats like stay away from the carbs you know what i mean like uh you know comes back i don't know how many years later in the time machine it's like wow gluten like stick right i mean like we don't know shit right i mean we're i i think this was mark manson that said in, in the subtle art of not giving a fuck the book which is a fantastic book and it and it was uh you know we're just less wrong all the time right and it's like I was just talking to Gene earlier. It's like, you know, the, the, the illusion of knowledge is like, you know, we're arguing. And I'm like, Gene, I'm right. Like, I know all this stuff, you know, and I read about it. Like, you're wrong, right? And like two months later, some new information comes out. We're both fucking wrong. Like, we're completely off. And, you know, you ask yourself, um, you know, in 10 years or 20 years, we'll be looking back and just thinking some of the shit that we thought was just so crazy, right? Um, just like the doctors in what was it, the 80s, like on TV, you know, that were like, hey, smoking Marlboro Red is great for you. I mean, that shit was real, you know, and obviously it was influenced by, by tobacco companies. But nonetheless, we put that stuff on TV and said it was real. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy, right? So that's the illusion of knowledge, right? And, like, the thing is, like, as soon as you're like, no, 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 I know, trust me, I know. And you, you put so much into that. Like, actually, that can cause, uh, I would say, a lot of unhappiness, right? Um, then we got the illusion of time, right? So... Man, this, this, you know, we could get really deep into this, but think about this. Like, time doesn't move. Like, you move through time. And, and it's relative. Like, Einstein talked about this, like, how time is relative, right? But, like, man, think about this. Like, you could sit there, sit there, like, stationary for a month, thinking about a, a shitty, like, thing that happened in your life, and, like, nothing around you would change, right? Like, but in your mind, you'd be miserable. And, like, maybe that, you know, that would, like, feel, like, longer or shorter, 
right? So we think about that. Like there, there, there's an illusion of time. I'm going to go too deep into this one because we could be talking about that for a second. But um, th- this one I know you can relate to is delusion of control, right? So the only thing you can control are your actions and your attitude towards like what things happen in your life, period, right? And so I think like Matt, like this is one of the, the, one of the key ones where we feel like we have like we want control and that like want of control of things that really we, we can't control is, is a lot of times doesn't meet our expectations. We talked about the happiness equation, right? So then your ex- expectations aren't met or exceeded and you become unhappy. And uh, I don't like like Aubrey says some cool stuff about like, uh, you know, like plant medicine and, and, and like how people are like, man, I don't, I don't want to do plant medicine. Like and it's like, why not? Well, because I'll feel out of control. And it's like, man, like but you you feel like you have control anyways like what the fuck are you talking about right like it's uh that's that's true you know i mean we do have control like like whatever happens like externally what we don't have control of we don't have control of other people events this that and the other we have control of what we do when it happens right we have control of our attitude about how we do it so there's an illusion that and then there's the illusion of fear right there is no safe model like what the fuck is safe the secure job is that safe really like we've proven over and over again that it's not right it, there, there is no safe model, right? Now, I'd, I'd have you consider the harder you try, the more you fail, and that is okay. That might even be, man, that might even be the safest thing there is, right? And so that's very, very important. Like those, those are all illusions. And although, like when we filter stuff, you know, we have those illusions. Um, it, they, they, they are, like they impact the way that we view life and how we are. Um, on a daily basis when it comes to happiness and unhappiness, right? So when you're happy, when you're angry or unhappy because reality is not matching up with one of your perceptions, beliefs, or modes of existing in the world, remind yourself that your beliefs are not who you are. They change, right? And think about what you used to believe and how that's different. And, you know, I'm a perfect example. Like, man, I was like, man, I was a knucklehead. I grew up in not, you know, a communism. Like, you know, I had all these certain beliefs about the world and life, but it's like, that wasn't me because I changed my beliefs, right? You, and the thing is, like, shift. I talked about this about why. If you have a belief and that belief is not leading you to where you want to be, how you want to feel, you know, to the success and impact you want in life, why would you continue to keep that belief? Is that belief empowering? Is it doing something great for you, your family, you know, your business? If it's not, like, you want to question, you should question that belief, right? Period. Um, so ask yourself, right? Like, what's something you once did not know that you now know? Or better, what's something that you still don't know, though you once thought you knew, right? Um, and, and, and that's how it goes. Like, you, you know, belief systems change. And, you know, what's the belief system that once you, you know, you held dear and now you completely disbelieve it, period. Um, and you know what? Like, I just talked to, you know, some, some people that are nameless, but like, they're like, man, I was a completely different person three, four years ago right? Completely different person three, four years ago. Like, man, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't even be having a conversation with you. I couldn't even be having a conversation with somebody from this group of people. Um, I was so, you know, close minded, but now I can, right? Um, and, and when we talk about the illusions of time, like, hey, when does time seem to stand still for you? When does it go by quickly, right? Is there a difference in the actual time that passes? It doesn't, but you, you know, we talk about this, time flies when you're having a great time. Or it's like, man, when something something is excruciatingly uh, boring or shitty, it goes forever, right? Relative, right? So when I'm playing like basketball, time flies by for me. You know, three hours is gone. I'm like, oh shit, right? When I'm in a particularly like boring meeting with people that I don't want to be in, and sometimes that was like, you know, the city or whatever, I'm like, oh shit, like goes super slow. And it might feel three times longer, but it was, you know, half shorter than when, when I played ball, right? So the next time you're ruminating about something from the past, just remind yourself that neither the past nor the event exists any longer. It just exists the way that you allow it to in the present moment, right? And, and, and because I'm, I'm trying to like throw as many tips at you right here based on this conversation of, of, um, of, of happiness, right? Like, and, and so there's a couple of questions that I wanted to ask you here, right? Like, so imagine you got all your ducks in a row. So like, you know, life is exactly the way you, you mapped it out to be, right? Your financial plan is set. Your business is running on all pilot. You know, your family's happy and healthy. Uh, does this mean the market won't crash? Obviously, the answer to, to that you already know is, 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 is no. Um, you know, 
Uh, does uh, does it mean that like you won't lose a bunch of clients? No. Uh, does it mean that your loved one won't suddenly get sick like with a with a horrible disease? No. Like I, I hate bringing shitty stuff like that up, but these are realities, right? So what are you actually in control of, right? Is the only thing you control is how you react to events, right? Same thing on 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 this. I want to push you on this one. Like, what's your worst fear, right? What's the worst that could happen if you face it? How likely is this to happen? Like most of the time, not very likely our worst fears, right? But then my question is, could you recover from that worst case scenario? What would happen if you do nothing? Like what will happen if you don't do nothing right now? Like you got all these fears, but what happens if you don't do nothing? Then a conversation I have a lot with my coaching clients, both in fitness and, and, and in business is like, there's a path that they're going down. I say, okay, well, what if you don't do anything? Because there's that fear of doing this, uh, some of this stuff, uh, you know, Maybe even like like I said, hiring me as a mentor, and it's like, oh my gosh, financial investment. I'm like, okay, cool. What what happens? And maybe maybe that's not the right choice. I don't know. But what if you don't do anything? And we know what's going to happen. You're going to keep going down the route that you're going. So something has to change. So what is the best case scenario? Right? Hey, why don't you play out the best case scenario? Right? So those are important things because it's it's like we sometimes. Uh, you know, next time you're afraid of something, just skip the middle steps and just fucking go for it, right? Because, man, we've already played the worst case scenario and sometimes we don't ask ourselves these tough, tough questions, right? And the same thing is like, if we feel like we control everything, we're, de- we're destined to be unhappy, right? So the trick then is to know what we do have control over, which is ourselves. So next time you're faced with an unexpected new reality, ask yourself this question, how can I solve this problem, Right? Give yourself a focus. How can I solve this problem? What can I do next? I love this. Like, just you got to know the next step. Not all the steps, just the next step. What can I do next? Anything else is just a waste of time. It's just ruminating on shit that's not going to help you. It's not going to make you, you know, uh, do anything, right? So, last thing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna fly through these a little bit because these are the seven blind spots, right? So. Think about this. This is a biological thing. So once we get out of a state of confusion, uh, we cut out all the great illusions. We just talked about them, right? From our way of thinking, we enter the state of either happiness or suffering. This is surely a step up from confusing, right? So in a state, we're still susceptible to suffering. Though to combat this, we must be aware of the seven blind spots which lead us to suffering. So this is, this is important, right? Our biological brains have a tendency to focus on the negative. Now, I talked about this before, like why? You know, because we, we, we wanted to, like, we were so aware of the problem because problem was threat, problem was fear, problem was like death. You know what I mean? We, we, we took, when we look thousands of years back, because the primary goal is to keep us safe and alive, like everything else is secondary. So we're still wired that way, right? So that's why our brains are looking for, um, I would say, these issues and that's created like it's it's allowed us to survive but in modern society this you know this survival i would say this drive for survival has created these blind spots uh they're irrelevant reactions right so think about this they're irrelevant reactions um and those seven blind spots are one they're filters right so our brain naturally filters filters out the normal good parts of the day looking for potential threats this causes unhappiness, right? So that's why I said, hey, how do we remove unhappiness? The reason why, you know, why it's important, like in the morning we talk about like, you know, why doing a gratitude journal, like who you, you know, what, what are you excited about for today? Who are you grateful for in that day? You know, what do you appreciate? Um, you know, doing things for others, doing your wins, right? Being present, like why meditation? And not just other forms of being present are so important because that way we can focus on the good, right? We can have more of that in our life because our brains naturally filter it out. Now we can, we can retrain that. We just have a lot of, you know, training in this other way and we can retrain our brain to be different. Then we have assumptions. Right? It's another blind spot, right? Our brain assumes the worst in most cases to prepare us for just in case, right? Remember, we're always like these blind spots are created from our survival mechanism. But like, like I said, we can rewire this stuff, right? So assumptions is like, man, just in case this shit goes wrong, I'm going to do this. And then you're not really doing, like you're not living in power. You're not taking the most powerful action, right? And, you know, I always ask people like, hey, listen, how does your most powerful self, right, on your best day, if you are looking at the, the future, if you're looking at like what you want to achieve and you go like, hey, what would it take for me to do that in my most powerful self without restrictions, without fear? Okay, write that shit down, right? That's what it is because you're going to assume all this other stuff. I'm not saying like, you're not prepared for shit to happen, 
But like we kind of put the brakes on. It's like you had an emergency brake on. You don't always, you don't ever fully let go, go full tilt. Then there's predictions. Your predictions of the future lead to the future, right? Thought often uh, our predictions are wrong, therefore lead to unintended, unwanted futures. And this is kind of like that self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You're afraid of shit happening. So your actions follow kind of like your thought process of what will happen or, or, or you, because you're timid, you're afraid and you think things will go bad. And so essentially you hold back, you don't actually fully go all in and then you don't achieve what you wanted to achieve, right? That's when you predict the future and you predict it in a negative way and then it, it becomes true. We got memories. Remember what we said about memories. Memories are just a record of what we think happened, but are often not the whole truth. A lot of times this comes to like when somebody hurts you, when somebody does something and we assume and we like, we create this memory of what we think happened. It wasn't really true, right? But the thing is, this can be troubling when deciding upon false pretenses. It, it destroys a lot of relationships uh, and you know why I'm such a big fan of communication and like talking to people to find out what they really thought or did or so on and so forth, right? Communication is key. Then we got labels, right? I mean, shit, like how, you know, we quickly label events or people when the reality is much more complex than nuanced, right? Oh, this person's like that. Oh, they're like this. Or they dress like that. Or they said that, right? We never get to know people. We never drop our, uh, uh, um, our labels and assumptions of people. Uh, and we don't really ever get to really know them. And like, like I said, be more interested about them. Dig more d- deeper, like have a more open mind, right? Let go of some of these illusions, then there's emotions. We're not as rational as we think. Emotions fog our judgment, right? How many times do you make decisions based on emotions? I mean, shit all the time, right? We go from our you know, prefrontal cortex, from our conscious brain to our, our limbic system, right? And this is where we have to learn to create that space, right? To learn to create space and make decisions based off of, based off of more logical or more conscious thinking, more as the observer, more as the, uh, not the person in the hurricane, you know, which I've talked about before. Um, and then the last one is exaggerating, exaggeration, right? We exaggerate nearly everything to, to, you know, to fit our preconceived notions of reality. So like this can lead to false optimism, which is, which is a big one too, right? It can lead to false optimism, um, and a, and a separation between expectation and reality, which, which, which brings us to unhappiness again, right? So Think about of you know which ones uh, are you the most guilty of? Filters, assumptions, predictions, memories, labels, emotions, exaggerations. We do all of, all of them. Uh, some might be more, um, you know, might be kind of more standoutish to you, um, but you know it's it's important to see like it's because once again if you become aware of them you become more of an observer. It allows you to change that right. It allows you to make a different decision than you have because if decision you've been making. And, you know, the thoughts you've been given power to are taking you down a path that is just not making you happy, then shit, like you have the power to change that. Um, and, you know, to, to come to the end, right, there's these five ultimate, ultimate truths. Number one is, I mean, how many times we mentioned this, but like all of life is here and now, right? Like everything that is, is like right in front of you. Um, you know, and of course, like our brain is going to think and plan for the future. We're going to think about our past and but the reality is that all of life is here now. Number two is that change is constant, right? You can't be, you can't resist it. It's going to happen. And be like, be, be grateful for your ability to experience it, right? Think about that. Like be grateful for your experience to, to I should have said your ability to experience change because it's going to happen. Number three is unconditional love is real. It's the only emotion not generated by a thought in your head. How powerful is that, right? Like, man, more love. I'm, I'm all about that Diddy, man. Team love, team love. I'll talk about, like, why, why I really love Diddy uh, more next time, man. But if you, haven't, if you haven't watched it yet, watch Can't Stop, Won't Stop, The Bad Boy Story. If you want to get fired up, man, I love that shit. Watch, like, six times. I watch it when I'm training at night. But unconditional love is real. It's the only emotion not generated by a thought in your head. It's powerful, powerful, powerful. The most powerful emotion that you have. Death is real. So enjoy yourself while you're here. Memento Mori, man. Like, you know, uh, I just I, I just ordered a necklace that's got like uh, the Reaper on it to remind me that too. It was like, you know, we're just, man, we're, we're going through this time and it's like one day closer to death, right? Like, man, experience it. Give it everything you got. Drop all the fucking fears because it's like you only have one life. And, and you know, I want to keep things in front of me like that. You know, like, like Gary Vee says, hey, give me something motivating, right? Like you're going to die. That's real. 
Um, and, and here's the last one, right? Is you're not that important, right? Like, you're everything, but you're nothing, right? I always say, like, man, like, there's, there's this, there's this, uh, I have this, like, incredible confidence that I can fucking do anything, but I also remember that, like, man, you know, I'm just a speck of dust in the universe, and, and, and that gives you this positive anxiety. I think Viktor Frankl talked about this, like, the positive anxiety, right? Like, always, man, have this confidence from all the things that you've achieved and done to remind you that you can do whatever, but, man, also remember that, like, you know, you're not that important because that keeps you humble, it keeps you open to, to you know, to, be, to, to, to like drop the ego as much and your life will be better. So everything is good, is both good and bad, or perhaps everything is neither, right? Even at the individual level with, with the passage of time, nothing is all bad. How often does something in your own life start out as bad and then turn out to be good? I mean, you know, we, we have, um, you know, everything is lessons, right? So, you know, with that said, I hope that I shone a light on some, uh, thoughts about happiness and unhappiness and how you can be more, uh, like I say, make your life better because that's going to make you more productive. But to finish, I'm going to keep this shorter, but it's like, look, whatever you want to achieve this year, there's requirements for it, period, right? There's requirements for it. And, and I keep going back to the analogy of the game. Um, like, man, if I gave you, if I gave you a controller, right? And actually, look, put it this way. You know what the purpose of life is? The purpose of life is to be the fucking best at this game. The game of life. The life is a game. The purpose is to be the best player you can possibly be in this game. All right? So that, that, that's the purpose of life. Now, which means you have to keep getting better, right? You have to keep getting being better at playing this game. But if, I, you know, most people like going into this new year, guess what? My new year started with like a shit ton of like stuff, hard stuff, resistance, problems, you name it, right? And, and I keep reframing because, you know, it's easy to fall back into this victim mindset. But, but I just remind myself, man, my goal is to be the best player. And if I gave you a controller and I said, listen, when you're, when you're a kid, this is easy for people to like understand. But like I, I gave you a controller and I'm like, hey, yo, play this game right here. And all you got to do is push the controller forward. You got to press that button a little bit to shoot a couple people. But, man, you're going to run through the game smooth, but smooth as butter, right? Like it's, it's going to be easy. You'd be like, man, I'm fucked that game. Like, I'm not playing that game. That's a horrible game. Like, I'm not, even, I'm not even being challenged with that game, right? I'm like, exactly. But the thing is, is like when we run into problems and resistance, like in life, man, like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's the, and you go like, man, I wish this wasn't happening. I wish this, you know, I wish I would have just got that promotion. I didn't have to do all this extra work. Oh, wow. Like, I'm getting stuck in my diet or, or my nutrition, like, uh, you know, I try to, you know, detox in eight weeks and change everything. That's the equivalent of saying, I give me the controller. Let me run through this game by pressing forward. Man, you, I would have you consider you don't want that, right? You don't want that. I was, I was, man, it was a huge lesson. Like my nephew playing video games at home and we're playing like, uh, I think it was Call of Duty. Like I'm, I'm out of the game scene right now, right? But he's going to where all the explosions are at. And I'm like, yo, what are you doing? We got to get through this level, man. We got to, we got to crush this level. He's like, ah, oh, unk, but don't you see? That's where all the fun is at. That's where I get better at the game. And that shit made me think, man, that's some wisdom right there from a kid, right? He went to where the explosions, the resistance was because that's where it was better. That's where it was exciting. So look at that. Like, look at your resistance. Like, look at it and, and, and take it for what it is. It's, the, it's what makes you a better gamer. What gets you to the next level? It makes you better at the game of life. And guess what? When you get the superpowers, you beat the boss, and you get the superpower. I don't know, the, the, the jet pack that you can run faster. You get a bigger bazooka, right? You, the things that you want are on the other side of resistance. Get excited about it. Get excited about the next level. Get excited about the boss. Get excited about the fact that the fucking game is not easy. And the thing is, the higher you go, the harder the level becomes. And the more you got to become, the more you got to become, the more you got to do. And that's great. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. I would even go far as to say, like, if you got the cheat codes, guess what? Sometimes the cheat code is like, you know, getting mentorship in business and life and training. That might be the cheat code. But if you're trying to, like, just do the cheat code, like stolen cheat codes, once you get to the higher levels, you'll never build the skill sets to be able to beat the bosses. You'll never have the skill sets to overcome the resistance. But make sure that you remember that. Like when I go, you know what I mean? Like when I walk into the gym and we have that whole wall of amazing people that changed the world. Martin Luther King's, the Maya Angelos, the Einsteins, the Marcus Aurelius, the Muhammad Ali's, 
that wall there, I, I remind myself, you know why I have that there? Because it's like, man, shit will be hard sometimes. Sometimes I don't want to train. Sometimes I want to do this. Sometimes I want to do that. And I fucking think about that. Like, man, what if they stop playing the game? Right? When the resistance came, imagine that they were like, oh, man, fuck that. Like, I'm done. They'd never be on that wall. They'd never be great. And so if you want to be the greatest at this game called life and you want to be the greatest gamer, take on the challenges. Take on the resistance. Get all the, go, get all, get all the superpowers because that's what it's all about. And just remember that this year, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going into, that's the realness. So I'll leave with that because now, now I'm fired up. I got to go do something. Anyways, love and appreciate you. Guys, like, look, uh, please re- leave reviews um, you know, on iTunes. It helps spread the word. It helps pe- get the word out to more people. And if you know, one person can listen to this podcast and do one thing that takes their life forward, it's fantastic. So please go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, you know, write what you think about it, share it with your friends. Um, and you know, with that said, be on the lookout. We got some exciting stuff, exciting stuff, both in the, in the gym. We got a six-week challenge coming up. We're launching an online coaching platform. Um, my business, if you, listen, if you're, I, I get hit up a lot. If you're in the fitness industry, you own a gym, you want to blow up your gym, um, you're about making your gym a perennial business. So no like crazy tricks, bullshit, like but legitimate business development, sales, marketing systems, fulfillment, leadership. Hit me up. I do have some spaces open right now. We have some people that are moving on and I have some spaces open. Hit me up. Like I said, if you're serious about this, you're committed about this, um, you know, send me a message on Facebook, Instagram, wherever. And uh, I'll get in touch with you and we'll talk about it. Love and appreciate you. I'll see you in the next episode of Vigor Life Podcast. Peace out.